Guys, welcome back to Whatever the Weather. I am meteorologist Sarah Spivey, and with meteorologist Katie Blake, today we are talking about thunderstorms. Yes, that's right, the mother of all weather phenomenon, thunderstorms. And we'll talk about how they form, and Katie even goes into some interesting history about thunderstorms. Somebody say a thunderstorm in the 1600s? Yeah, we got history of it. So, hope you enjoy this episode. Here is Whatever the Weather thunderstorms. And one. Thank you. Uh, welcome back to Whatever the Weather. I am Sarah Spivey. And I'm Katie Blake. And we are meteorologists in San Antonio, Texas. And today we are going to talk about if the weather was music, this would be the Beatles <laughs> of weather. Don't you say? Wouldn't oh, in terms say? of like big popu- artists. Yes. Yeah. Popularity. Game changers. Game yeah. changers. Mm-hmm. We are talking about Thunderstorms. Thunderstorms. <laughs> I don't know if you were waiting for me or if you were just going to go for I'm me. always waiting for you, Katie. That's so sweet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about thunderstorms today, how they develop, and some interesting historical facts. But before we go on, a little bit of current events. This is actually the first time I am seeing Katie in a couple of days because she went up to the great state of... Minnesota. Minnesota. That wasn't good. I'm sorry if Minnesota. you're from Minnesota. I just oh, did Minnesota, you. yeah. You, yeah, that's better. Go to the snack and pack, get some hot Cheetos. <laughs> grab some pop out the fridge. Yes, one of our Uber drivers, because it was impossible to try to park anywhere, so we took an Uber most of the time, and we had a great Uber driver one night, and she, um, she had the whole setup in the back of her car, like, lotion hand sanitizer snacks and she was like instagram story about it she was like yeah there's some pop back there too if you you want it and i was like this is great i loved it i thought people were so nice you didn't just go to minnesota to go to minnesota true why did you go to minnesota so my red raiders made it to the final four very exciting um me using my West Texas accent, I guess. <laughs> uh, but this was cool. That's where I went to school. Uh, that's where my boyfriend went to school as well. So we uh, decided to take a trip up to the Final Four to watch them play. They won the first game on Saturday, which was so exciting. And unfortunately, they lost the big game. But I was telling Raul, I was like, we're going to look back on this, you know, in a few months, you know, in years down the line and not necessarily think about, oh, they lost. But like what a cool trip yeah and what a cool place to go visit i hadn't been up to minnesota before so it was what really was the cool. most shocking part of minnesota for you i guess there wasn't anything shocking i i thought it was beautiful i love how minneapolis area the mississippi river runs yeah. right you know right there and so there's a lot of cool restaurants and bars and things to see right there i thought it was great and the of course the <laughs> The, I kept saying there's Christmas trees everywhere. Uh, so that was really cool. <laughs> but just they the, weren't Christmas trees. They no. were just furs, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what technically they were, but I was like, there's Christmas everywhere. <laughs> That's funny. And people were really nice, and it was easy to get around Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And Mall of America was clutch. Hadn't Did you go on before. a roller coaster inside? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also very cool. It is. It's awesome because you think roller coasters, but it's all inside. There's mm-hmm. AC, not that maybe they necessarily need AC a lot, but and it's clean and it is 
I'm, I was all you about it. You can't beat a clean inside place. No, you can't. <laughs> you truly can't. Hand sanitizer is. Oh, my gosh. But I loved it. I hope we get to go back up there because we didn't get to explore as much as maybe we wanted, but it was cool. Yeah. Well, you picked Texas Tech to go all the way in the KSAP bracket, and so you won our KSAP bracket. I'm proud of you. Did I really? I'm pretty sure you did. I hadn't even checked. I'm going to have to check, but I picked Michigan State to go all the way, so I, I lost the KSAP bracket, but you will be happy to know that I picked Tech to win in my family bracket, Aww. which is like... 50 spiveys and Polish people together. We put in like $10 a piece. Now, here's the thing though. I was in first place and then I picked, I picked Tech at the beginning to win all the way. Mm -hmm. But some people picked Virginia, okay? I went from winning $170 to winning $5. <laughs> well, you know. I got half of my money back. Yeah, and I would—I honestly wanted Tech to win for Texas and for my money, and for the monies. <laughs> Let's be honest; it's all about the monies. Well, I understand. We're happy to have you back. It was crazy when Katie was gone. There were thunderstorms in the area. I was um, like, "Of course, yeah. I leave, and the weather decides to weather, and I'm not here." <laughs> well, until we were one critical meteorologist short of uh, our team of five meteorologists here, so we worked all around the clock, but we got that information out and kept people safe and that's the important part and I hate when I'm out of town and there are storms I feel a <laughs> tremendous amount of guilt like I should be back in San Antonio so I know you were feeling the same thing you don't like not think about it mm -hmm. you know I was however many thousands of miles away and I but like not thousands yeah it's like it's like I think I looked yesterday it's like 1500 1200 miles yeah Raul knows because he lived there that's true um, but yeah, you don't stop thinking about it. So I kept I looking at radar, looking at radar, looking at Twitter with guilt. But I'm happy to be home and it's nice and warm in Texas. So yes. Well, speaking of thunderstorms, <laughs> let's talk about the science behind thunderstorms. Put on your nerd glasses, Katie. We're diving in. <laughs> okay. So, in order to make thunderstorms, you have to have three ingredients, like a perfect recipe, okay? You have mm -hmm. to have all the ingredients mixed in at the same time. Mm -hmm. The first ingredient, moisture, okay, right? Thunderstorms are just giant. Moist. They are moist. I hate that word. <laughs> I know I you do. I <laughs> hate that word. I even hate moisture a little bit, but I cannot do moisture. <laughs> okay, but first thing you need is moisture because the thunderstorm is just essentially a big gaseous water vapor thing walking around, okay? There has to be enough moisture for clouds to easily condensate, okay? Mm -hmm. Condensation, if you'll remember back to your second grade water cycle, it's when the water vapor in gaseous form mm -hmm condenses into a liquid particles in a cloud, okay? So there has to be enough of that moisture. Now, you can usually get moisture from the proximity to large bodies of water, the closest large body of water to us in San Antonio. Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf of Mexico, okay? So that is the largest body of water next to us. Or the soils are already wet, mm -hmm. okay? Like we just had storms in San Antonio. We got about an inch and a half of rain 
Right now, the soils are pretty moist, okay? okay? So we've got a little bit of elevated uh, dew points, which is the content of water in the air is the dew point. Mm -hmm. And also plants, they do this thing called transpiration, right? Do you remember that? That does ring a bell. Lord? Yes. Where they transpire, essentially, because they have water in uh, the stems or veins of the plants. Yeah, I don't know yes. what to call them. And they send that back out into the atmosphere as well. So if you've just had a recent rain, you've got a lot of what we call evapotranspiration, evaporation from the soils that are soaked and also transpiration from the plants, evapotranspiration. So that's how you can get moisture. Cool. Dew point needs to be high. Whenever temperatures cool to the dew point, if you'll go back to our fog episode, that's when the air is completely saturated. Got okay, it. that's the first ingredient. You wanna say the second ingredient, Katie? Ooh, instability. Instability. No, I am not talking about your aunt that never comes to Thanksgiving, okay? <laughs> I am oh. talking about, <laughs> I am talking about a condition that the atmosphere is in. Okay, that is instable. Are you still? That's good. Yeah, okay. People will not forget that. I'm not really talking about any of my aunts. Yeah, it's good. You're du not dupa. Wrong Polish word. Dupa means butt. Nope. In I knew Polish. it was wrong as soon as it started to come It out. actually means the crass version of dupa, that a butt that rhymes with crass. Okay. Uh, but we're you, not going to say what that. What do you call your aunts? Czuczkas. Oh, okay. Czuczkas, sorry. Czuczka. Yeah, so the Polish word for aunt is Chuchka, and I call my aunt my chucha. Okay. Yeah. So, but and she is not instable. Of course okay. not. What I'm talking about is a condition in the atmosphere that if there was a piece of air, okay, like there's pieces of airs right around, pieces of airs <laughs> right <laughs> around us, if you gave it a gentle nudge upward, it would continue to rise up without stopping. Mm -hmm. Think about like a ball on the top of a hill. Okay, if you push that ball in one direction or another, it's gonna go down the hill, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the same thing in our atmosphere. If you give a little parcel of air a nudge upward, it's going to continue to rise. Air to the above us, air above us, is cooler generally than air mm -hmm. below us because uh, you that's the way it is in the atmosphere. That's cause, okay? <laughs> and so as that parcel of air rises, it'll cool down and cooling starts the condensation. And so eventually you'll get these big cumulus clouds or cumulonimbus clouds whenever the air has instability. Yes. This is one of the things that we really learn about in college in fluid dynamics. Do you remember that class, Katie? Yeah. Yeah, it was a heck of a class, okay? <laughs> but it's all about instability and how if you push a piece of air upwards, it's going to continue to move up. That brings us to our third, third ingredient, okay? A lifting mechanism or lift, right? Mm -hmm. You have to give something, you have to have something to give that parcel of air a push upward, mm -hmm. okay? Oftentimes, this is just a simple difference in temperature at the surface of the air. Okay, so every day the sun rises, Oh, we move, oh, we move, like that thing from Lion King. And every day the sun rises, it heats up the earth. Yes. Okay. The air around us is actually not really, in a lot of ways, directly heated by the sun. Mm -hmm. It's the earth that's heated, and then the earth heats the air right around it. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
but this varies. There are certain parts of the earth in San Antonio that are warmer than other parts of the earth in San Antonio and warm air rises. So that air that is warmer is going to rise. So that's often the lift, just simply the difference in temperatures. Mm -hmm. uh, we call those when those storms develop air mass thunderstorms, when they just kind of like pop up. Mm -hmm. We can also get these a lot of times just simply during the day in the summertime when we have a lot of heat and we have a lot of moisture. Mm -hmm. We'll call those daytime heating storms, okay? They're just essentially from air mass thunderstorms. Another type, is cold fronts. Okay, when cold fronts move, that dense cold air nudges the warm air up in front of it, mm -hmm. and that's what causes that lift and that instability, and then it interacts with the moisture and you get thunderstorms. Those are frontal thunderstorms, okay? Mm -hmm. And then the last one is orographic thunderstorms. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> orographic thunderstorms are caused when the lift is due to a difference in elevation. So a mountain, okay, let's say you've got a south wind bringing some warm moist air up against a mountain, okay? Mm -hmm. That causes that warm moist air to lift, causes condensation in the instable atmosphere with a lot of moisture and you get thunderstorms. Thunderstorms, orographic thunderstorms, okay. Sometimes yes. thunderstorms mm -hmm. grow so big that they become severe. Mm -hmm. The severe criteria, we'll talk about in another episode, severe thunderstorms entirely, but you have to have 58 mile per hour wind gusts, mm -hmm. an inch diameter hail, which is about the size of a quarter or a tornado. That's a severe thunderstorm. Gotcha. So those are the ingredients, cool? Yes. All right, so here's your typical thunderstorm. I went ahead and did a diagram. Yes, okay. I love this. Thank you. It looks like a cotton ball that's flat at the bottom but what you gonna do? Okay, so you've got that, you've, in every thunderstorm, you have an updraft and a downdraft, mm -hmm. okay? The updraft is that warm air that's rising. And then at the top of the thunderstorm, it's, it's filled with, with ice, it's filled with rain, and all of that will fall and it cools the air around it and that's called a downdraft, okay? Cold downdraft. Downdrafts are what you feel when it, it's raining and it's colder outside. Mm -hmm. That's the rain-cooled air that sinks because cooler air is denser than warmer air. Sometimes you'll get lightning uh, from a shower. That's what makes it a thunderstorm, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, lightning, we still don't know exactly what lightning is, why lightning is formed, but you can listen to our first, our second episode called It's Electric, where we yes. explain lightning. Uh, but basically, and lightning happens because of a lot of static electricity within the thunderstorm itself. Mm -hmm. Now with the updraft, uh, usually what you'll see is a flat anvil at the top of a thunderstorm, okay? The reason why the anvil forms and is flat at the top is because a thunderstorm, the top of the thunderstorm will be at the stratosphere. And in our atmosphere at the troposphere, which is where weather happens, uh, the temperature goes from very warm at the surface to very cold up to the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Warm air rises and that's the instability. In the stratosphere, it's the opposite, okay? You've got cooler air right at the bottom of the stratosphere and then way up in the atmosphere, you've got a warmer layer. That's called a temperature inversion and that traps the thunderstorms from getting into the stratosphere. That's why planes fly in the stratosphere mm -hmm. so that they don't have to run into all this different kind of thunderstorms yeah. all the time. Yeah. So that's why you get that flat anvil. Now, sometimes because of an approaching or a leaving storm, you'll see the very bottom of the anvil. The very bottom of the anvil are what are called mammatus clouds. 
Mammatus clouds are so dope, okay? They are pretty dope. <laughs> say that word with me, Katie. Mammatus. Oh, I was going to say dope. Mammatus. Oh, mammatus or dope, okay. <laughs> mammatus clouds are called mammatus clouds. They're spelled M-A-M-M-A-T-U-S, okay? Because it's from a word that means mammary, okay? Like, because they look like cow udders that produce milk. They do. They, they do. look like little udders. They look like little, yeah, they're like little <laughs> soggy pockets of air. It's not, first of all, we're saying moisture, saggy. and then we're saying saggy. soggy pockets. Not soggy, saggy. <laughs> saggy. Okay. Not that that's better. Just, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Correct. Well, awesome. We so, are not doing them any justice. They're no, really beautiful. They're beautiful. We'll put pictures on our Instagram page, all that stuff. So that's the anvil, okay? Now, the rain-cooled air that makes it to the surface, right ahead of that, have you ever been outside before a thunderstorm happens and you just get this gust of cooler air? Mm -hmm. That's called a gust front from the rain-cooled air. That doesn't have any rain with it, but right along the gust front, that can also act as another lifting mechanism to start more storms yes. and cause that lift again. So they kind of feed into each other. So that's thunderstorms. Do you have any questions? They're awesome. I love them. No, that was great. Cool. Well, I would love to hear a little bit about Would you? The history. Would you? Okay. So I started off Googling earliest recorded thunderstorm and I don't think anybody has an answer of when that was. Yeah. I mean as long as weather has been happening on the earth there have been thunderstorms. So they've they've been around for a while. Humans ability to you know record them and keep track of them that has really started to fill in over the last couple hundred years or yeah. so. Um, and really in the 1800s, late 1800s here in the United States is when we started to get what is now our version of the National Weather Service going. Started off as the Weather Bureau. Um, and we could probably do a whole other podcast on that. So there's yeah. a lot of information on that. But it was the late 1800s that people started to think, you know, maybe we should start to keep track of this stuff, start to find ways to develop weather forecasts, things like that. So, um, but thunderstorms have been happening a long, long time. Um, I want to start off with talking about really how many thunderstorms happen across the country each year and where. And some of this is kind of kind of like, okay, that makes makes sense, especially where, you know, in the US we see the most mm -hmm. thunderstorm activity. Uh, but worldwide, there are an estimated 16 million thunderstorms every year. 16 million every yeah. year? Across the world. Yeah, that's, it seems like if a lot. If only right? I had a dollar for every thunderstorm. That's <laughs> right? a lot. 16 million thunderstorms a year across the world. And at any given moment here in the United States, um, wait, no, at any given moment across the world, there are 2,000-ish thunderstorms in progress. Wow. Yeah, across the world. Here in the United States, we see about 100,000 a year in the U.S. 100,000? So trim that down from 16 million. Where it's do still all the other thunderstorms happen? Well, we are going to talk about Yay! it. Yay! <laughs> no. So, yeah, when you put it in that perspective, 16 million across the world versus our 100,000, it's not that many. I would not be as rich. Not that many. And of those 100,000, 
about 10% reach severe levels. That's okay. the hail, wind criteria, tornadoes, etc. cetera. Um, as far as where these thunderstorms occur, we'll actually start off with the world since you asked about that. I've got a nice little map here that was courtesy of a Weather Underground article. Cool. So I've got this cool map here and we'll include this on our Instagram podcast as well. Where you see these darker colors, that's where there's a higher frequency of thunderstorms. And what catches your eye first is that a lot of the activity is going to be concentrated closer to the equator mm. where things are warmer, where there's more moisture, where there's more lift. Cool. So there you go. Yeah, places like, you know, in the northern half of South America, closer to like the rainforest. And then also a big center point is on the uh, on the west coast of Africa. Oh, wow. It extends as far east as Uganda. And I will say, I went to Uganda for a mission trip, and there were thunderstorms every afternoon, like clockwork. Really? And every they single were Im afternoon. Impressive. Yes. A day did not go by that there weren't thunderstorms. Cool. So we're going to share these images uh, on our Facebook page. But a lot of the activity worldwide is going to be concentrated closer to the equator. But that does include parts of the United States. So some of the states that see the highest frequency of thunderstorms per year are Florida. Duh. Duh. Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, also far southeast Texas, so a little bit closer to the Houston area. And what's surprising is that you compare San Antonio to Houston, they see a lot more thunderstorm activity than we do mm -hmm. in a year, uh, likely due to their proximity to the Gulf of Mexico. We're a little further away here in San Antonio. Some other states with the highest number of thunderstorms per year, so some spots within those states that see a pretty high frequency of storms, include Arizona, and New Mexico. Nice. Yeah. Arizona? Yeah. There are some little little bullseye points. I just think parts about of, them as like being so dry. And I believe my best guess would be because of their monsoon season. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do have a... I would guess that that's why. And then there's also some parts of um, northern New Mexico and Colorado, right along the Rockies, that see a fairly high frequency or of thunderstorms. Or a graphic lift. Yes, people. Mountain. It all comes full circle. I don't know if we're supposed to be looking at the camera. I keep looking at the camera. It's okay. <laughs> Look at the camera. Um, and a couple of other states that also have some, some of these high-frequency spots, Georgia, South Carolina, Arkansas, and Missouri. So they're not a Gulf Coast state, uh, but some of the activity that is fueled by, um, you know, weather systems that come in from, from the west or activity moving in from the Gulf of Mexico, those could bring storms to those states. So, cool. all right. Okay, yes, I'm gonna give you some, some good numbers now. Some of the stormiest cities in, in the United States. So okay. these are thunderstorm days per year. And what that is, is if a weather station in this city registers a thunderstorm, that counts as a thunderstorm day. Cool. Granted, some of these cities likely see more than one thunderstorm a day mm. on occasion, not every single day, but on occasion, there may be two storms that affect a city that day, especially places like Florida. So the stormiest city, Lakeland, Florida, which registered 100 thunderstorm days in a year. Oh, wow. And really the top one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> the top five are all Florida. So you've got Lakeland, Fort Myers, Orlando, Tampa, and Tallahassee. And anybody who goes to Florida knows why. You walk through Florida, it's a soupy mess of moisture. They get, I mean, yeah, we got to do a, we got to do a podcast on sea breeze. Oh, yes. For sure. That's a big reason why Florida sees so many thunderstorms. Then we've got Mobile, and then two more Floridas, Lake Charles, Louisiana, and then New Orleans. New Orleans has about 72 
thunderstorm days a year. And then, and then this was really funny. So New Orleans, 72. Clayton, New Mexico, 69 thunderstorm oh, days per year. And that's got to be, that's got to be there. Maybe some more graphic stuff. Must be. And then maybe monsoonish. And then you get to Houston, 65 thunderstorm days per year. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. Your hometown. We go from New Orleans to New Mexico and then back to, back to Houston. That's so. funny. All right. This is pretty cool. Prepare yourself for some coolness. Yes. So I said I'd Google like earliest recorded thunderstorm. And I don't know if anybody knows exactly what that would be. Um, but this was a thunderstorm that happened in 1638. 1638. October 21st, 1638 in England. And this has been dubbed the Great Thunderstorm. This information is from the History Channel. They have a really cool write-up about this thunderstorm. So on October 21st, 1638, during a Sunday afternoon church service, about 300 people were attending, quote, darkness fell over the entire town and booming claps of thunder rung. That sounds biblical. Setting the scene for you. Yes, darkness fell <laughs> over the entire town and it started to thunder. That was followed by an eight foot wide great ball of fire. Yes. Goodness gracious. I know, and these are all like, these are all quotes from people that recounted it. Okay. Yes, so great ball of fire. That came through one of the windows, destroyed part of the roof, and it was said to have rebounded through the church, that's another quote, destroying pews and more windows. Smoke and the smell of sulfur was left behind, and this killed four people and wounded 60 mm. others. Bummer. Yes, big bummer. So what was that? What was the great ball of fire? Well, some people at first assumed it was caused by, quote, a visit from the devil, mm. because apparently someone in the church had been gambling, playing cards, and that was very frowned upon. So they blamed it on that guy. But on, upon further analysis, it's actually believed this may have been the first documented occurrence of not only a strong thunderstorm, but also something called ball lightning. Yes, this is a phenomenon. Yeah. So there's still a lot we don't know about ball lightning. It's not incredibly well documented as far as picture and video go, uh, but you can find some cool stuff online because it's uh, still pretty rare. It's not, it doesn't happen in every thunderstorm. So yeah, next thunderstorm is not going to produce ball lightning. It's pretty rare. But what scientists believe happens is that shortly after a typical lightning strike, this ball lightning occurs and it really does just look like, visually it looks like lightning just like wrapped up into, into a little ball. It ranges in size and duration until it either dissipates or explodes. That was another quote. Um, Which may explain the smell of smoke and sulfur yes right? yeah and so that's what people say too typically if that occurs you're going to have the, the sulfur smell and uh, this goes back to our lightning episode because around that time uh, churches were the tallest points in towns mm -hmm. which attracted you know lightning so the steeples and stuff so that's fascinating yeah so that, i thought that was pretty cool that 1638 cool. we've been dealing uh with thunderstorms ever since thankfully not that mm. bad that one was that one was pretty destructive um and something else I wanted to mention here is, okay, so we've got thunderstorms across not only the country, but also the world. So what what's going to happen? Are we seeing more thunderstorms over time? Are, are we seeing less? What What's happening? And the trend has been uh, that thunderstorm or convective activity, and convective is sometimes a word we use to describe 
thunderstorms mm -hmm. because it's convection that's happening. Um, that, according to the National Climate Assessment that was released in 2014, that is all increasing in frequency wow. across the world. And I'm going to take a quote from this climate assessment, and they have a specific section that's talking about convective storms here and what what could we look forward to in, in the future, more or less? And they say, quote, factors um, that cause tornadoes and severe thunderstorms, such as atmospheric instability, cool. which Sarah talked about, and increases in, in wind speed with height. Mm -hmm. So the shear we've talked about on previous episodes and also just, you know, changes in the wind speeds aloft at the mid and high levels in the atmosphere. Um, so they're looking into connections between global warming and those things, so instability. So does the temperature of the Earth increasing, what effect will that have on the instability of the atmosphere? What effect will that have on wind shear and wind speeds in the jet stream, all of which contribute to thunderstorm yeah. forecasting and development? Um, and they say, quote, although these relationships are still being explored, a recent study suggests a projected increase in the frequency of conditions favorable for severe thunderstorms. And that would make sense. You know, yeah. if the Earth is, if parts of the Earth are getting warmer, there's mm -hmm. gonna be more of that humidity and heat and instability and more thunderstorms. So, yeah. wow, that is fascinating. Thanks, Katie. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Alrighty guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of Whatever the Weather. Please remember, we love it when you guys subscribe, review, and rate our podcast. That really helps us know that y'all are listening. And by the way, if you want to get a chance to meet Katie and I, we are doing Fiesta Metal giveaways all throughout Fiesta. So stay connected with us through our social media sites. Uh, you can uh, visit either one of Katie and I's Facebooks or Instagrams. We'll be sending out information for that. Until then, guys, remember to weather the weather, whatever the weather. Whatever the weather.